0: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite media. I'm your host Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my marvelous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt?
1: Actually, I'm the timely version of myself. Uh, later, uh, later on, um, you'll, you'll get to be the Marvel version. They find out I was frozen in an iceberg, and the, the submariner throws me at somebody. I think. I think he's throwing him, at? I'm not sure, but you know, that'll happen. That'll, that's <laughs> later.
0: One day we're gonna have another comic book episode and it's gonna be wild and I can't wait. Uh but in the meantime, friends, we are going to be not talking about comic books or being in frozen and ice. Uh we are instead going to be answering your questions from our wonderful listeners. Uh, If you have questions for this or any of our podcasts, you can be sure to send those into podcast at blizzardwatch.com singular podcast. Uh, Just go ahead and specify the show that it's for. uh, And if you have any special pronunciation of your name, Uh, if you don't want to send us an email, you can go ahead and send us those questions in our discord channel. We have one set aside for the Q and podcast questions and for our Patreon supporters as a special way of saying thank you for your continued support and allowing us to do this show, as well as many of the other things we do on the site, we have the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel where we tend to look for first for our questions. And without further ado, our first question comes from Scotty Addy, a Beastmaster Hunter. Hello, watchers. I have two questions for a lore watch. While doing the quests to bring other flights to the Dragonlands and set up the areas in the Ruby Life Shrine, it occurred to me that the resulting whelps would be ordered. However, upon looking at the body types for these dragons, they have the body type of a dragon rather than a drake. I'd love to know more about the history of these flights and know if they were ordered before they acquired their respective infusions, or if those infusions contributed to their ordeal, or their ordered appearance. And then there's, we'll, we'll, we we'll answer that, that one first, and then we'll go on to the second question here from, from yeah. Scotty Addy. So go ahead.
1: We know that the, uh, I, I, the, I bloody heck, I cannot think of the word for them. The, the ones that got hit by, by ne- the nether magic. The, the nether, nether wing. Nether the, the,
0: nether, yeah. the, nether, the nether wing uh, yeah, from the, nether the Outlands.
1: Wing, yeah. yeah, the nether wing were black dragon eggs.
0: Yes. They were, they were already, already ordered.
1: ordered. Yeah. As far as the uh, storm dragons are concerned. Odin seems to have been involved in their creation somehow. He certainly tells them that he made them. Now, we're pretty sure he's lying. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. They're dragons. They they heard the dragon call. They're dragons. They're probably just dragons he messed with. In a, in a possibly similar fashion uh, to, to what happened in the Nether Drakes, or possibly some other way. We don't know what exactly is their genesis. We don't know why there are Storm Drakes. Uh, we know that there are, if you go back to cataclysm there were stone drakes Mm -hmm. that looked like dragons and not drakes uh you're talking about proto-drakes when you say drakes uh there were there were in fact dragons on the plane of earth and we know from the plane of air as well that looked like dragons and not drakes uh so it's possible that the drake body plan is a devolution of some sort uh it might be somewhat similar to what happened with trogs. Uh, if, and again, trogs we find trogs in deep home. So there's a whole debate about what's up with that, <clears throat> but it's also possible that the Titans were creating dragons going back to the, you know, when they had created the elemental planes, they may have grabbed dragons and brought them there. Uh, it's possible that the elemental dragons, like the, the stone drakes are in fact from Azeroth. And may have been put into those planes either accidentally or on purpose. Uh, This is not something we have any information on. So we can say for sure that the Nether Drakes and the Twilight Drakes, by the way, in case they ever come back. We didn't see any Twilight Drakes this time around. uh, But if the Twilight Drakes ever show up again, they're technically descended from either black or red dragon eggs. Mm -hmm. And they are therefore ordered. Um, In terms of the Storm Drakes, it seems likely they were ordered, but we don't know.
0: The other thing to consider too, and we talked about this in our, we, we did a whole series specifically on dragons. One of the things we talked about is that dragons, like a lot of life on Azeroth, seems to be extremely receptive to energy in general. Uh, when we talked about the Ruby Life Shrine in, in at the beginning, the fact that they can be ordered is sort of a testament to the fact that they respond to the order magic that's placed, sort of through those waters. We've also talked about the Netherwing in the past, where they're responding to basically exposure to the twisty Nether. That is what makes them what they are. Twilight drakes to the energies that essentially produce uh, that are wielded by the Twilight Covenant uh, and and the Twilight cultists. They basically seem to transform or evolve based around it. There's a certain inference you can make. With the storm dragons as well, based off of where they're located, which is well the storm peaks
1: and right? you, and you'll you'll note when you go talk to the matriarch of the storm dragons that she's got a whole bunch of eggs underneath her in the mountain yeah that are get, getting blasted by lightning on pretty con pretty continuously.
0: Yeah, and that's a theme that we notice, like if you look, go back and, and fly through the storm peaks, if you get the opportunity, if you have a few moments, and just watch where the clutches of eggs are. They are essentially lightning rods, They're lightning rods basically in egg form. They draw in that storm energy, whether it's how they've evolved or just the natural inclination of the dragon eggs, which already seem to be sort of in that receptacle mode, I guess. They 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 already have the multiple prongs. They already have basically arms outstretched to sort of channel the energy within them. Like, dragon eggs have, dragon eggs have a very distinct shape, and I think that's not a coincidence. They look
1: really unpleasant to lay, I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> and they probably look very unpleasant to guard and clutch on top of as well. But that could be a clue as to why we see... Uh, the Netherwing and the Storm, well, I'm just going to call them the Stormwing at this point. Um, but the Storm Dragons, the Stormwing, why they have the same body types is because, yes, they started as ordered things that maybe like the rest of the dragons, maybe they were uh, dragon eggs that were, like in Odin's case with the Storm Dragons, maybe they were dragon eggs that were taken from the Dragon Isles. Uh, it was a Titan facility after all, it was something that the other watchers likely knew about in some capacity. Uh, they, they had to, at some point they, they gave their blessing to the dragon flights. So why wouldn't they know that they were there? Um, maybe some of those eggs got absconded with by, uh, by Odin and maybe he stuffed them in the mountains and it was like, well, I'm going to make my own and here they are. And this is what they're, and I'm air quoting make. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, but in terms of what the future brings for them when it comes to being in the Ruby Life Shrine, I don't think it's really going to make much of a difference anymore. And partially it's because of maybe the second question as well, but the fact is they're already affected by ordered magic. They're already. Previous to this, they've already been sort of under the influence of order. So there's not really much more variance for them to go because they're not just I mean, if you look at it, all the dragon flights lay their eggs there. You still have black dragons and green dragons and bronze dragons. They still evolve into their own clutches uh, and move there. But the eggs have already been laid and then moved to the shrine. They've already been in various. One of the things um, there's a quest with. Murzond and Norsdomu, um, and I cannot remember the uh, infinite dragon that you go and talk with. In um, slight spoilers here, and I apologize, come back in like five minutes. But you find out that the reason that they chose to become an infinite dragon is because their clutchmate died. And their clutchmate died at the hands of a black dragon in Teneris, essentially. It was in one of the, the hidden temples uh, of like of the Titan facilities. And what you didn't realize until you get towards the end of the quest is that the reason that they gave their life is that there were eggs already laid there. The eggs were there. They were present. So they basically had already started absorbing whatever time energy was there because, well, that's, that was a nexus point. So they were already evolved. They were already in that thing into that sort of like tiny whiny egg mode, I guess we'll call it. Then if they get transported back to the shrine or if they get moved to that shrine to finish hatching, that's just sustaining them so that you don't have to protect them. That's basically just saying, yes, we got this one area to put all of our eggs where we can watch over everything. We're going to put them all in it. Kind of. I mean, kind of right. Uh, but you have the, the tenders, the egg tenders that are there. They watch over those clutches and shepherd them the life. They essentially you know another
1: way to put, look at this.
0: They use that energy in place is, of the aspects doing it. Sorry. Go
1: ahead. Let's let's, there's another thing to think about, which is in line with what you're saying. Um, the black dragons just showed up with a bunch of eggs. They laid those eggs on, you know, in, an, Outland. in Outland. Yeah. You know, and they've been in Outland for what? 20 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that some gets- of those
1: eggs, I mean, we don't know how long it takes a dragon egg to hatch. Like They seem like they can just hang around forever. Um, but those eggs have been sitting there in, in Outland for 20 years at the minimum. And also, he had a bunch of black dragons with him.
0: Ones that had hatched, was, ones that were grown.
1: Yeah, But some of them were drakes. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of whelps flying around. And they hadn't gotten to the ruby life pools yet, because this was um, not on the other one. This Sable me, Sibelian. Sibelian. This was Sibelian's flight. The ones that had come with him. They came with him with eggs, with drakes, and with babies. Mm-hmm. They had whelps. Those whelps had never been in the Ruby life pools. They were still baby, re- baby black dragon whelps. You know what I'm saying? Which is everything Joe's saying. There's your perfect example. Like right there. The black dragon showed up with eggs, with hatchlings, and with juveniles. And they, none of them, they weren't drakes. Like they weren't like, you know, proto drake shaped.
0: Yeah. And they, they were
1: black dragons.
0: And think about the other aspects of the Ruby shrine too. Like when you go into just uh, outside of just the egg hatching area, what's the inside of it? What's the inside of the shrine? It's basically a nursery where they kind of hang around and continue to grow as they get older and get stronger. So like there's, I don't think it's going to have like going back to the root of the question. I think the nether wing will continue to be the nether wing. I think the Stormwing will continue to be the Stormwing, and I think that they're just going to start becoming integrated into the rest of Dragon society. Because the other thing, too, is don't forget the Netherwing and the Stormwing both comment about how they felt the call, just like the rest of the Dragon's there was mm-hmm. there was no differentiate there was no we didn't hear it there was no oh thank you we didn't know that it was there it's like no they knew that it was there the other didn't know how they would be received so they didn't want to show up because they basically every time they've trusted anybody who wasn't the player character Uh, It has resulted in nothing but horribleness for them, uh, as they've basically been slaves for their entire time in Outland until we freed them and gave them the ability to essentially become their own masters and live life again. And the Stormwing didn't go because they felt obligated to Odin. Uh, Some of them actually did get up and leave, but the rest of them were like, no, no we made a commitment we made a promise we have to go here it doesn't matter how big the call is we have to be here so like they still felt it they're just as just as much of a dragon as any of the others
1: yeah and there's that's to the point where um if you were playing uh dragonflight before the most recent patches there were storm dragons in mm-hmm. The Dragon Isles—they were already there, just not not very many of them. But you could you could stumble upon them. You could get attacked by them because they were like get away from my eggs. They were, in fact, they weren't even all that far away uh, from. I can never move. I want to say the Thaldrassus, but that's not the name of it, is it? Yeah, it is. Okay, they were even that far away from Thaldrassus. They were just just like a couple of like you know you fly for ten minutes, boom, they were over there. They were in the same zone. Um.
0: Yeah, they were like a hop, skip and a jump for the Valdrakken main city, right?
1: Like, yeah, and that's that. That's the, uh, I think a lot of this is whatever the Titans did, whenever they did it, it's been done. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there is no, dragons don't un-dragon if you don't put them in the well waters and, of the Ruby Life Pools, because we know full well that for 10,000 years, dragons have not been putting their eggs in the Ruby Life Pools. And they you- wanted to. But they couldn't because they couldn't find them. And you raised a
0: point a couple weeks ago where you basically said that the and I, and I and I think that might apply here as well. What we're seeing may not be like you, you refer to the the proto drakes as a de evolution. What the titans did may have just been accelerated evolution and. Again, yeah. maybe maybe it's because of the exposure to the energies and giving them their specific aspectral powers that way. But we talk about the curse of flesh a lot. We talk about how uh, evolution on the the races of Azeroth occur, and dragons are no exception to that. Like this is this could have been their form that they were going to wind up in all along, and the Titans just said, "Okay, let's accelerate it a little bit." We don't know, right? Uh, yeah, you really we
1: actually have very little idea about what was going on.
0: there. Now, tears back and maybe someday he'll tell us but he's sort of a depressed mess right now uh and isn't really talking about his time uh you know before so
1: we might get what an idea What were you up to? What were you doing? <laughs> could, could you kind of throw, you know, give us a little uh background here on what the heck is going on?
0: Yep. Now, you have a second question here, which is uh, Varanath seem, seemingly acquires uh, spectral powers at the conclusion of the new raid. Do you think that the leaders of these new flights will be invited to sit at the seat of aspects? And if so, what will come from with power of their own or will they just not have it? So I think what it means to be an aspect has shifted. Uh, and I think that's sort of like the whole big point of what happens at the end of the raid encounter. So, again... Mild spoilers, but I think it's been long enough at this point. The all of them gain a spectral powers again, but they don't gain them from the Titans or the Titan Facility. They're actually gifted them by Azeroth. And yes, Veranoth is in there, and I don't see enough people talking about this. Um, I noticed this when we we first saw the cinematic, and uh, I've gone back and watched it a few times. I don't think it's an accident that she is sort of. Encapsulated in that she is given that power from Azeroth in defense of the heart. I think that's intentional, and I think she is essentially becoming the aspect of the disparate wings. I think she is the one that sort of represents them at this point, because when you're doing the quest, she's the one. That goes and says, "You need to come and, and be a dragon. You need to make your own choices. You are welcome here." Like, meaning with the Netherwing, it wasn't just Rathian; it was Rathion and Virenoff. Like, Virenoff was sitting there, and I, I believe Alexstrasza was there as well. But Virenoff was right there, and Virenoff was the one that was speaking up more than the other two. Like, "You are welcome here. You will be safe here. We will find a cl- like a place for you to lay your eggs when you." And
1: more so, even for the uh, the storm dragons, Virenoff shuts Odin up and we can talk a lot about what that reveals about her power level. Go for it. Um no, I I, I mean we did it already. <laughs> we did that last, you know. <laughs> just like what's the scouters say? She's over 9,000, you know, we, we we covered this, but point being, when Varanoth is the one who tells them, you know, you are dragons. You know, he does not have the right to tell you what to do. You know, you tell you what to do. And if you want she even says, you know, there is a place for you on the on the Dragon Isles. And if you want it, it's there for you.
0: Yeah. Not, you have does to take not this. say,
1: she, yeah, not saying, come on, we're going. She says, it's there. If you want to come, you can come. And she turns into her Drake form and flies away. And they, I don't know if they all do, but it certainly looks like they all do.
0: They it looks like um, they it looks like they all do. At least the, I think yeah. that's the intention or the the thought process is that anyone that aren't subjugated, uh, which that would be a whole other complicated mess. Um, yeah, there,
1: there are probably a few other stone dragons who weren't actually there. Yeah, like you know they're off somewhere else doing something else. And then they come back and like, where's everybody go? How come nobody's looking at me directly? How come no one wants to just go talk to Odin? Okay. And we don't know what happened to that poor, poor bugger. But I also Um, think
0: it it lends an interesting insight that what could have been the, the real, what was offered to the incarnate. Now we, I have not finished the, the book. I apologize for those of you that are waiting for us to review the book. Life has definitely gotten in the way for, I think both Matt and I, um, And it may be covered in there, but it's sort of this this mentality of I don't know that there would have necessarily only been five aspects. This might have been something that had been previously offered to others. Um, And of the incarnates, Virenoth is the most pragmatic. uh, And she is probably the one, uh, ironically, even though she is from the aspect of ice at that point, with the most heart. She she doesn't like the Titans because the Titans wrest control away from the dragons. That's the perception, right? It's that's why she's ra- rallying against the Titans. Um, the others seem to only want to be in it for the power uh, or at least most of them. I is sort of like the, the zealot of the group, like the true believer uh, that they must be scur- yeah. scourge. And then you have, uh, a Ritikron, who is the scheming mastermind. and you Oh have- my God, Joe. Yes, go for it.
1: I just thought of something that would explain why Razageth is so angry with the Titans.
0: Because that was supposed to be her clutch that Odin has. Odin
1: stole those eggs from her.
0: She is the only other storm dragon. She is not, again, she is specifically a storm incarnate, not one yeah. of the other elements. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just hit me. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That would explain why she was so willing. She was willing to die to get the others out. Yep. She was willing to die because. And she even, a, s- you know, go ahead.
0: She even says in the interactions, go back and watch what she at the the, the beginning of the the leveling experience when she's fighting Alex Straza. You took our children. You took my children. You you didn't give us a choice. Like she is absolutely adamant about it alex straza doesn't know what she's referring to that's why she doesn't know because alex straza wasn't part of that alex straza doesn't know that the storm clutch eggs were taken by odin uh but yeah Razagath knows
1: yeah that that's that's something i I mean i've always been a little thing i've always had it in the back of my head thinking there might be a connection because as you pointed out storm storm Mm -hmm. uh but yeah ooh Ooh, that, that's, that's neat. If that comes out, that would be really cool if they did something with that. And it would explain why, while Virenoth is there when the, uh, nether dragons are given the invitation, it's Virenoth who steps up and makes the offer directly to the storm dragons mm-hmm. and she's really mad at Odin, like way more so than you might expect. I mean, I, I, knowing Odin, yeah (laughs) you'd want to hit that guy i wanted to hit that guy i still want to hit Um, him yeah but
0: But, i've been thinking about that a lot right and then again you you like those the way that their aspects work out is viranoth is pretty much the only one of the incarnate group that was in it of maybe sound mind and body i don't know really know how else to phrase it viranoth had been driven or uh, Razageth had been driven to sort of like this zealous state and there was no negotiating there was no talking with her Uh, do you see that when Alex tries it a Riddacron has his own scheme and is already sort of uh, laying like you find out is already in league with the void and we don't know if that means the void lords or the old gods Uh, we can make some inferences but it's still you know maybe he's the one that went back and made it made the original deal with um, Nazoth. Maybe he's the reason why Neltherian got corrupted in the first place because he made the deal with Nazoth for that to happen. We don't know yet. We'll find that out later. But then you have Fyrak. Fyrak is just about power. Just, like everything he does is just about power. Doesn't care about anything else. Doesn't care about the other clutches. Doesn't care about Dragonkind. Like there's a whole thing where you're rescuing uh, Vyranoth's. Clutch, like her her wing, uh, the talons of Viranoth. You're going and getting them and you're finding out that yes, some of her her followers have really fallen under the sway of Fyrak, but the rest of her family has been basically held at knife point by Fyrak. And in fact, they were afraid that they were going to die, and that's really the only reason they kept going along with it after Viranoth was out. And because he doesn't care. And you see him, you see him kill literally anybody who's helping him because he doesn't care. Whereas Virenoth mm-hmm. actually has it like she doesn't want Azeroth to burn. She just wants the Titans influence gone. And so at the end, when Azeroth sees that Virenoth stood with the others to protect the heart, to protect uh, the 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 burgeoning tree, which we've talked about last episode and why the trees are important, please go back and listen to it. Azeroth, at this point, I'm fairly confident, knows that they're important, says, yes, okay, you were willing to put your life on the line against somebody you called your brother at one point to protect this and to protect everybody else and to protect me. Here's your power. Go and be the voice of these other wings that don't have it. Take back something. This is the offer to you, because that's the other thing that Virenoth says, right? That's what they all say. It wasn't that it was forced upon them. It was like somebody was offering it to them a different power, not the titan's power. And I thought that was really important. And I'm going to shut up and let Matt talk for a little bit.
1: I mean, you know, it might turn out that it is a titan's power. Sure, but there's a big difference between the power, you know, as an offering versus uh, it being imposed. And for that matter, the Aspects the first time didn't get the power forced on them. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, Tyr offered it to them. He said, "You know, I can you, you can be the ones who protect Azeroth. We can, you know, you can gain this power and use it to defend the world." Um, so <clears throat> we've always, you know, there's always been that, there's that group of Titan forged who, who seem to be more amenable to the mortal races of Azeroth. And then there's the others that seem to be like, you know, less so. And Odin is chief amongst those guys. And, and you know, and there's also the fact that, you know, in, in some cases their own followers turned on them, like, like master Ra, Raden, uh, one of his own, you know, m- you know, Mogu turned on him and, and tore his heart out mm-hmm. you know and it, it wouldn't have happened had he been you know if if rodden had been in possession of his faculties if he hadn't recently been you know possessed by the the essence of amon if he hadn't been distracted and not paying attention he would have been fine i mean especially since it's Raden, the guy that made the elemental planes in the first place so yeah there's there's a there's a lot we don't know yet but I do think that we're, it's, it's fair to say that once dragons are become dragons as we understand them, so once they've taken that form, that's who they are. That's not something that just is going to come back. Um, to the point where I, f- I wonder what... Remember that little red dragon egg from the opening part where you find it and they've been sticking it in elemental fire and they fire infused it? Yep. You bring that egg back. You bring that egg back to the life pools. You give that egg to Alexstrasza. She does not seem to think that the egg is not going to be a dragon. You know, she seems to think, oh, what have they done to you? But she doesn't think like, oh, it's not going to be a dragon anymore. It's going to be a proto drag that never comes out of her. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. That's all. I I don't have anything else to say on this subject.
0: (laughs) Well, hopefully that answers your question. Thank you very much for that one. Scott Diotti. We're going to move on to our next one, which comes from our friend Vex. Uh, In the most recent couple of episodes of the podcast, you've been discussing here, and how it could have possibly been growing in Angoro Crater, and when removed by Amunthal, created the crater. However, as I'm looking at the maps, I think it might have been in Sholazar Basin. In the direct center of the map is another crater, River's Heart, where the main trunk of the tree may have been. With many rivers feeding water down to the center, sneaking down almost like the roots that were once burrowed there, created trenches that the water is backfilling in from the surrounding ocean. Around said crater is the zone, Are in the zone are five pillars, glimmering, sun-touched, moss-light, sky-reach, and lifeblood, which are all large crystals floating over them that seem to be Titan in nature. Another thing that struck me is Freya has an avatar in the zone holding off the undead from streaming down from Icecrown in the zone. It seems like she would have most likely wanted to concern herself with the other keepers in Alduar containing yogg rather than expending power to have an avatar so far away. However, if the trees were from loon who possibly comes from the realm of life, then undead creatures would be anathema to something of that realm. So preserving loon's gift from the undead would be in Freya's interest, since the spirit of Aenar likely giving her visions slash memories of the tree as it was instead. Uh, as, as it was, and the still active roots. Do you think that it is more likely uh, more likely spot than Luna here? Or have I missed some old uh, Wrath of the Lich King lore explaining how this all came to be? Um, I'm going well, to let Matt go because there's there's a bunch here. Yeah, go, go for it.
1: There's a portal that directly links Trollizar and Un'Goro.
0: Yes, it's, and at the top of the, leads, it's at the north of the map in Un'Goro,
1: by the way. Yeah, and that portal leads to a titan creation called the Endymion which is essentially a murder anything that messes with this machine. Like you go and you take control of it and you walk through in that thing and you take the undead out. It's like a, the Titans literally left behind a do in case of emergency break glass, unleash the Endymion. Uh, so that's something <clears throat> to, to think about first up. Secondly, what makes you think that the, the world's first world tree didn't have roots in both places? Mm hmm it had roots throughout the world it was literally a world tree
0: yeah that's one of the things that's talked about in the the journal when we talked about the Aluna year, in the luna yeah. year in that episode is that yeah. it's it created a whole system of far reaching roots please continue sorry
1: um it's quite possible that the if you were in ungoro and you looked up you would see this enormous tree. And if you were in Sholazar and you looked up, you would see this enormous tree because there are trees in the world right now that have trunks that split into root systems, like a mangrove tree. You can like look over there. You can look over there. Now imagine one so big that it could actually have part of itself in Sholazar and part of it in Un'Goro. That's entirely possible. And it certainly seems that the primordial tree is in un'goro in terms of the the emerald dream but in the emerald dream un'goro and sholazar might be the same place and i know you're going to say but they're on different parts of the map yes after an enormous catastrophe that ripped the world apart keep in mind the well of eternity was large before but look at the maps that we have assuming those maps are true it was not anywhere near to the size of, of the, the maelstrom. It was not close to that big. It was big enough for a couple of cities to be on it. <clears throat> it was like, imagine if you took a, a good-sized lake, not even like the Great Lakes or anything like that, just a good-sized lake, and you put it, it's a big round lake, and on one side you have this, uh, you have sho- uh, not Sholazar, I want to say Sholazar, but I don't. you have Suramar, and on the other side, you've got Alun, you know Alundris, which eventually becomes uh, Zinashara. Those two cities are opposed on on the opposite sides of it. Sholazar could be on the side with Alindris, and that kind of makes a certain amount of sense because if you look at the position of the uh, Broken Isles, they're on the other side of Northrend from Sholazar. It's like Sholazar is kind of to the like up and to the I want to say west of Northrend, mm-hmm. and the, the, the broken isles are to the east of Northrend and south. The path of the Titans that descends down through Wormrest Temple starts in Old War, descends down through Wormrest Temple, was going into the water just south of the Dragon Blight, which is closer to the other side and is heading towards that kind of heading in that direction. So it's quite possible. there's literally a Titan road from Wormblight straight to the temple of the loon, which would have at that time, been a t- it was a Titan construct. And we know this, if we've been in the basement, we've seen the Titan, the Titan stuff. And then it would have gone from there to the Titan fortress. That's on the Island that, you know, the Zandalar eventually settled the Zandalar Island back when it wasn't an Island. So looking at all this stuff, Angoro at first, you're like, "Yeah, Angoros all the way down here," but everything would have been a lot closer together, and there were Titan facilities linking all this stuff. All that stuff was built bef- built after this tree was planted. Mm-hmm. A Al- Aluna here predates the victory of the Titans. The titans did not succeed in defeating the Black Empire until well after it and in fact joe pointed out last week it might in fact be the existence of the root system of aluna here that made it possible to beat that
0: millions of people have lost weight
1: with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds
0: salads generally for most people are the easy button right
1: Now with all that said it's quite possible that Aluna here didn't just have roots in both Sholazar and Un'Goro. it might also have had roots in other places like Dreamshadow mhm and the place uh in the in the dark i want to say darkshire the gold what is it called golden bow is that what it's called
0: uh i can't remember but we the, were talking about the area in darkshire that has the uh it the is portal. where it has the portal to it. It has, we don't, we still don't know how that, how, sorry, backing up. We never really understood why those portals existed in those large trees. And Matt mm-hmm. speculated a couple of weeks ago and might've been even last week that those mm-hmm. may have been part of the original Aluna here. Those may have been offshoots of the tree. One of the things that Matt talked about and we've talked about in the past as well is that in our world, in, in real life. Trees are now starting to be understood as becoming a system. They're not in necessarily individuals. They can communicate with each other. They're basically a gigantic organism through a combination of roots themselves, essentially propagating themselves uh, and the fungus that, that links everything together. It creates this entire living network that is essentially a gigantic entity. And let, if, let me
1: put it to you this way too. I go to go along with what Joe's saying. Have you ever eaten an apple?
0: Well, I have.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was kind of asking it rhetorically, and I'm kind of glad you jumped in there. But no, I am actually glad because I realized I don't have anyone to respond to this. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Luckily, you said something. Uh, but when you eat an apple from an apple tree, it's a complete gamble what kind of apples a tree is going to have. Like apple trees, if you take the seeds from the apples and plant them, they don't grow the same kind of apple tree with the same kind of apples that's not how apple trees work so you're wondering how do we have apple orchards then we don't plant those trees we take graft cuttings Mm -hmm. from those trees and we we put them on other trees we grow clones the the tree like if you have like a golden delicious apple you are eating a fruit from a clone Yep. that was a literally grafted out of another apple tree that's because an apple tree if you if you take the seeds of the golden delicious apples and they they're still good i mean which is they probably are that's what fruit is for fruit is designed to be eaten and the seeds pass through the digestive system and and get to use all your poop as fertilizer that's that's the whole deal with seeds um if you plant them you are not going to get a golden delicious tree you might it's possible for you to do so but it's also possible for it to be some kind of apple you've never seen before in your life because it's not that every apple tree has you know variant dna in its seeds much like you know humans like when humans have offspring our offspring don't just look like us they're not just a clone of of one of their parents because they yeah. have a mixture of their parents dna whatever tree pollinated that apple tree could have been a completely different tree, and you have no idea. Well, you, there's no way for you to know this. There's, what I'm getting at is, go ahead, Joe.
0: I was going to say the other thing to consider too is look up Pando Populus. Uh, mm-hmm. Pando Populus is the one tree aspen forest in Utah that's made up of forty-seven thousand trunks, millions of leaves, and a single root system. Uh,
1: yeah, the your root system is literally conjoined
0: because they are all the same tree. It is one tree that has replicated itself at this point, possibly more than 47,000. Um, but like it, it has replicated itself and expanded itself. The reason I'm bringing that up is because Aluna here may have been doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. We don't well, in, know. And that, yeah. may, that may have been what set uh, Amanthul off in the first place is this is uncontrolled chaos. Look at it spreading wherever it wants to go. But to your point, we do know that there were, we, we can talk about the other world trees, but there are other major trees throughout the world that may have been connected to it. Those portal trees, the ones that have a direct link to the Emerald Dream. Well, maybe they have a direct link to the Emerald Dream because they're offshoots of Aluna here, which is from, you know, was originally a planting from the original mother
1: tree. Right, it yeah, is, which is this you know the mother tree Gahir here is basically
0: which exists in the emerald dream
1: it, well it does it doesn't it's kind of its own reality
0: yeah it's its own pocket
1: it's a tree that is its own universe in fact one of the things i've been thinking about is what we're calling the emerald dream on azeroth might be the network of roots created yep. by the by aluna here
0: which is why it is able to be such a large, varied process, very similar to how we talked about the Shadowlands being.
1: Yeah. And for that matter, like there's, there's that world tree in Northrend, mm-hmm. the one that um, was planted by Fandral Staghelm. Uh, it was originally like the crown of the heavens and then it was broken crown. Uh, so it was originally, I think, Vaudrethil. And then it was, uh, I forget. And it was like, well, I can't remember its name when it was broken. That's the problem I'm having. Uh, Well, whatever. Joe will look it up at some point, or I'll look it up, and we'll we'll know. You're talking about me. Yes, thank you.
0: Yep. Um, I was muted and trying to talk into a muted microphone like, why isn't Matt listening to me? So a little behind the scenes for you there, folks.
1: Why isn't Matt (laughs) listening to me? Because he just isn't shutting up. Uh, But my point is just much like you have those apple trees where every time you get the same fruit, it's because effectively you're getting it from a clone of the same tree Mm -hmm. or just like the, the 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 trees that are f- almost fused into a mass mind that joe was talking about or you know the mycelial networks around other trees there there are trees that are completely different kinds of trees they're not they're not fused together into a single organism cuz they're different kinds of trees but they have the same fungus network along their root systems so that pine tree over there and that aspen tree over there can still say danger Mm -hmm. you know they can still like be like now if you've got if you've got seeds and pollen now's the time to drop them because we're on fire you know they they can communicate these kind of things eventually of course we're going to find out everything has some sort of of sentience to it and we can't eat anything uh it's going to be great i'm just really looking forward to like is there anything we can eat please Uh, the only thing that would be would be okay at that point is fruit because the animals the trees want you to eat the fruit um getting back to it though the 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 idea that it might have been in sholazar or it might have been in ongoro it doesn't have to be an ore it, it can could be, be an both. end.
0: yeah well also look at go back and look at the current world tree go look at uh, – uh, I'm going to butcher the name here because uh, my brain doesn't work sometimes uh, Am- Amiradrasil, I think is the name right? i
1: think it's
0: amirdrasil yeah Amir uh so go look at amirdrasil and look how the roots work with it look how that tree is suspended Over that island, that landmass that has now been born into the world, it's not underground. It's not one trunk piercing the ground like Teldrassil was. Because Teldrassil was an anomaly when it came to world trees. You go and look at, go look at the, why can I remember the name in Hygel? Nordrassil. Nordrassil. Go look at Nordrassil uh, and look how its roots are. Then go look at Amadrassil and look how its roots are. If these are world trees patterned after. The first world tree after Aluna here, or after the Great Mother tree, then it stands to reason that those roots were probably so much larger and probably suspended the tree much, much higher. And when we're talking about the crater, Maybe what we're talking about isn't necessarily that the trunk was pulled from the earth, and Matt brought this up a couple of weeks ago, and I think there's more merit to it after looking at the structure of these trees, that it was maybe a portion of root that was yanked from the ground while the tree itself, the main body of it, was suspended above the crusts of the earth. Also, if you think about it, that kind of makes sense if they're planting it in order to deal with the the Black Empire, which at that point had spread across the surface of uh, of Azeroth, you needed to pierce that that fleshy exterior carapace, dive down deep, so you don't put the 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 bulk of the tree, the meat of the tree, into the ground. No, you suspended to let it pierce itself down. So it's entirely possible that multiple locations, it could be more than just Solazar and Ungoro, that that bear their shape from that. For all we know, uh, some of the areas uh, that don't have trees now that are mostly barren areas, but have deep craters may have been places where roots from the original world tree pierced the surface of the earth. I mean, look at some of the, the areas where, um, why look at Mulgar. Mulgar is one of those areas where it's essentially a gigantic crater. It's like, it's a bowl. All you go all around it. There are gigantic mountains and ranges around it. What if that was just another place where the roots pierced down? We know there's stuff below there. I mean, there's a bunch of other places that could have happened. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be an either or, like Matt's saying. Like, I am agreeing with Matt. Uh, It doesn't have to be an either or. It could be both and it could be more. And in fact, that's probably more likely.
1: It's even possible to think about, you might be able to plant, like, you might be able to use the locations of other world trees throughout history. To triangulate an idea of where the original world tree might have put down roots, like right now we've got Shaldrasil, uh, Nordrasil, um, Vordrasil, and uh, I can't remember the, the name of the one that was and uh, the unnamed one that might actually have been uh, Luna. Here we've got at least four that we know about, and plus, of course, you know Teldrassil, which was the one that nobody really expected to exist because it wasn't supposed to get planted um but the fact that it became a world tree does make you wonder what did they plant you know when 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 this idea came up when they decided you know oh we'll make our own world tree fandrill fandrill is the one who put vordressel up there where was he getting these world tree pieces did he have a piece of of aluna here
0: yeah, we and we don't know. Like, I think part of the assumption was that people have made that he may have pulled it out of the Emerald Dream somehow, but it's never been talked about. It's never been confirmed where he got him from. I guess I don't know. Fascinating and to we, think yeah. about.
1: Yeah, but to, yeah, to to finally come around to attempt to answer your question, I think Joe and I are in agreement that it doesn't have to be or here. It doesn't have to be Ungoro or Sholazar. Between the fact that both of them were linked like to the point where the Titan forged had like temples set up in both and weird pillars with those strange crystals. Like the ones in Sh- Sholazar and the ones in Angoro are very similar. Yes. Like they, they are exceedingly similar. So it may be something as simple as they needed power and protection to these areas, both of which were very close to Titan facilities. Uh, Or it could be that they were literally linked in a way beyond physical, like if they were parts of the world tree Mm -hmm. Uh, and the root systems in both of them. There are systems inside both of those places that go deep underground. Um, So, yeah, there's there's no reason to to rule one out at this point.
0: I would agree. We're going to move on, though, because I think we have time for one more. Uh, and this one is from Dr. Quang. I'm putting my own tinfoil hat on here, the talk about ANR's connection to a loon a couple weeks ago made me wonder are the Titans all necessarily representatives of order? Amonthul was supposedly the first Titan and seems to be all about order. But could the other Titans naturally be tied to other forces and were pulled towards order by Amonthul as he helped them emerge? Could ANR actually be a nature Titan? And to go really out there, how do we know that Amanthul was really first? Maybe he emerged after some of the other Titans and saw whatever the universe was like as chaos. As a master of temporal magic, couldn't he have gone back in time to become the first Titan and be able to influence the emergence of all the others? That is a very good point And something that I've been... You you sent this question and, and I've been kind of mulling it around. And for somebody who is... Such a master of time. Why didn't amonthul just go back and do certain things like stop the void entities from piercing the flesh of Azeroth? What prevents him from doing that? Is there a reason why he doesn't or can't? Uh is it possible that he burned all of that energy making sure that he was the first Titan that was born? And why the dragon aspects that he the bronze dragon flight in general, uh when they were trusted with the keeping of the timeways safe was necessarily maybe because he couldn't anymore or caused too much damage when he did. I don't Yeah. Know. I think
1: it's possible that we know that Dormo knows the hour of his death. He, that he'd seen it.
0: Yeah. We showed it to him.
1: But even before that, he knew, you know, I, this will, I will die. You know, it, there's, you know, he was aware of it he, and couldn't change it. He was told he couldn't change it. Uh, now we we constantly have a uh, we mean we now have a different view of that Mm -hmm. thing it's quite possible that amanthul knew i don't know how to put this i've been trying to i've been thinking about this on a different track for a long time think of amanthul not as an entity with control over time because that's what it looks like to us but we're not him Amenthal seems to very heavily lean on the concept that there's a true timeline, that there's a a way this is supposed to work. And it's quite possible that from Amenthal's perspective, he can't change time at all. That if he does go through time and do something, it's because he was supposed to go there and do it. That for him... For some because because keep in mind, time travel. If you look at it from the perspective of I can go around and do whatever I want, is astonishingly chaotic, isn't it? You can literally create alternate timelines.
0: Well, we just you saw can, that Warlords War of or What happened when you yeah. when w- one bronze dragon said, "Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do this."
1: Yeah, Amethyst seems to be find that anathemical. Like he does not want to do that. He doesn't. He's we don't very opposed to anything like that. Why? Is it's quite possible that he's more vulnerable to that. Think about, think about it in terms of this. If you are a being who is inherently linked to the flow and, and nature of time, and somebody travels in time, it's like, for you, it's like a knife. Mm-hmm. It's like this horrible thing that is happening where you un- you're aware of the alterations they're trying to make while they're trying to make them. Like in a way it's like they're going and carving up on your body. Maybe the reason that Amazul is called the first of the Titans is because he has just exit from the moment of his existence. He has just existed in all points of time and, and throughout all of them that time isn't just something he has power over. It's his nature. It's what he is. He is time.
0: Yeah. And going back so to the, it, sorry, go
1: ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say, so, why doesn't he just use his powers to do these things? Because he didn't. And therefore he can't because he didn't. It isn't for, for it sounds ridiculous to us, but to him it's the nature of his existence. Just like, you know, well, why don't you just grow another arm? Uh because I have an arm and that's my arm. I can't just grow another one. It's quite possible that it, every time someone does something to split a timeway off that Amonthul is like diminished. Because now a piece of him is out over there doing something weird. And that's why he keeps saying there's one true timeline. What if the one true timeline is the one that leads to him? Maybe he is the final Titan, for all we know. Like, we might be building Amon Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not completely out of the realm of possibilities. No, I I don't
1: think that that's what it is. I'm going to straight up say that's just speculation, and I don't think that's what it is. If they wanted to go there, they could. Well, for that matter, it's entirely possible that, well... I'm going to shut up for now and let you go, but I have something else that I will probably throw in at the end.
0: Okay. Well, the other thing, go back to the the first part of the question here, is you talk about are, are all the Titans are necessarily representative of order. We're starting to learn that that's not necessarily the case. And I mean, <clears throat> we had sort of an inkling with Agamar. We had sort of an inkling with Sargeras because they didn't exactly... They're not perfectly ordered beings. Otherwise, they would have just fall fallen in line and followed the regimented path that they were supposed to. But we know that they both deviated. Now we know that A&R did as well. Uh, they are deviating, so they're not perfectly ordered. Maybe there is something to it.
1: Plus, I mean, uh, this is something I, I'm going to throw in here. Uh, we we're, we haven't really talked about Norgonan yet. Mm-hmm. The one who's the discs of Norgonan are named for. Uh, we, we saw that the the uh primordial incarnates did not like arcane magic yes and i've been thinking about this since we got back from shadowlands and uh calia menethil ends up finding out that necromancy isn't just powered by what is called death magic mm-hmm. it's powered by any source of power it's like it's magic that affects the dead but it doesn't have to be powered by just magic from the shadowlands you can use life magic to power it you could use light magic to power it you can use anything that is a sufficiently powerful source of magic to power it yeah i started thinking about dominion domination magic which is the magic that we see used in the shadowlands by the primus uh it's the magic that created the helm of domination it's the magic that the 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 uh arbiter, Zaval, the original arbiter, intended to use to reformat our existence. Mm -hmm. He was going to use it on all reality. Now, obviously, he was using it with a power source in the Shadowlands, but what is domination if it's not imposing your will on something else, right? Yep. What is arcane magic if it's not imposing your will on something else? Why do the Primal Incarnates hate Arcane magic so much. Why do they hate well, mages so much? And they associate mages with the titans. Even mages who are like, oh, I mean, you know, I guess, but I mean, I mean, I never really talked to the titans or anything. They, they're still like, yeah, no, your know you're, your magic is the kind of stuff the titans use. What if order magic is just domination magic, and both of those forms of magic are just imposing your will on the cosmos, which is exactly what arcane magic is. What if arcane magic is just a way of ordering reality? And what is that? The entire thing that the Titans have done and have been doing has, they, they are calling it the ordering of the ordering of Azeroth, the ordering of the cosmos. That's how they look at it. Well, I mean, that's their mindset,
0: right? There's, there's an aspect of that that we, I think is maybe, <clears throat> We need to walk that back a little bit because I don't know. That I necessarily agree that all of them say the ordering of whatever. No, because- no, no, I'm
1: not saying all of them do. I'm just saying that specifically when we have looked at Titan sources, that's what's presented. Yes, right.
0: It's presented and, in that in that manner. But
1: I'm and sorry. even the Titans that don't necessarily fall lockstep into all this stuff, like for instance, ANR. ANR still participates in it, whether or not. You know, obviously she's still she thinks highly of a loon and there's most likely some kind of relationship there. there. there's still this concept of what if, you know, what if what we're talking about here isn't a kind of magic, it's a mentality of it. It's a way to apply any magical force. You could do this with fell, you could do this with arcane, you could do it with anything. It just happens to be Amonthul- is the one who uses arcane to do it. Amonthul specifically, because he's the one who is the time one, right? Yeah. And what group of people on Azeroth are, are showing more and more access to time magic mages, the ones who are using arcane magic. So I think there's a combination there. And Mm -hmm. I think that connection has something to do with why Amonthul is the way he is.
0: Yeah. But I was going to go with beyond Amonthul, because I think Amonthul, there's more, more to it and i think when we start getting further into the expansions we're gonna we're gonna get a little idea like we're there's talk about oh, the oh, big but, secret i'm of sorry
1: yeah but that was what i was trying to get to on norganon Norganon is the one who taught others to use magic yes not aminthal aminthal did not he,
0: yeah and think he's about not it.
1: the one who taught it it was Norganon who left it behind for us to find
0: well and think right? about think about the uh the uh watchers that are under norganon as well, Loken,
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one that bestowed Malagos with his power, et cetera. But I mean, and <clears throat> Lokin, Lokin certainly seems to have betrayed Odin, and he did harmful things to the others as well. But Mimiron was his best friend, and he murdered him.
0: Well, there's there's also a couple things that I want to talk about real quick because we're, we're yeah, I, I trying- feel like
1: I, mm-hmm. I I we are getting away from where your point yes. is. And the reason we're getting away from their point is it's something that I, I've been thinking for a long time. I'm going to shut up and let you get through your whole point. Let me know when you're done. Okay?
0: <laughs> now, the things that I've been wondering about is, is the – as you bring up the, the fact of if they're all aspects of order, because they all seem to embody something different. And I don't know that that's necessarily a conscious choice. The things that we know about Titan souls, and which is very limited – because it is extremely limited because we only have a handful of sources, is that it's essentially this nugget of energy that comes into our cosmos and a world forms around it to keep it safe, almost like an egg. And I'm paraphrasing, but for for what is written in the books and what we've been given, that's essentially the, the short version of it. But we don't know where those souls, those energies come from. I posited this a while ago, and I, I, I don't know if this is any sort of truth to it, but if the old gods can hurdle pieces of themselves into our reality and it can take on a life of its own, why can't aspects from other realities or other bases of power? Now, ANR is a really good example protector of life, nature, health. Uh, she's the one that is most aligned with the loon, but we know there's an entire realm of life. What if ANR is the result of that realm? trying to push into or throw a piece of itself into ours. is time, that's a completely separate thing. Um, maybe that is a construct that exists outside of ours. But then you have Norgann, and we know that there is an elemental plane of order. What if he's the one from there? We have, or we, the facility therein, I don't want to say just elemental plane, uh, but the facility of order, the sphere of order. Nor- you have Nor- uh, Norgann from the sphere of arcane, you have uh, Golgoneth who sphere of water. We know that fire is one of the primal elements. We have uh, Kasgroth speaking of fire uh, and earth. Seems to align well with both of those. What if these are all aspects that were sort of donated to whatever the great project was of the first ones and this was the intended result? What if they are not all creatures necessarily of order but when they wake up and the first person they see is Amonthul who puts them on a path, they just kind of go along with it because here's this other being of the same power as me who emanates a sympathetic energy something that I can feel something that that I I see as kinship uh, is welcoming me and basically shepherding me from my cold void egg uh, into a greater purpose and is showing me what we need to do and so I'm gonna go and help but they don't necessarily all have to be slaves to order they can all potentially, have origins elsewhere there's enough planes of existence that that could have happened like I'm, I'm just throwing it out there there's there's enough possibility that they could have their roots elsewhere not just order that was the point i was trying to make matt
1: mm-hmm. now i want you to think again about norganon for a minute mm-hmm. norganon who as you pointed out was the empowerer of both mimiron and Loken. Mm-hmm who left behind the, who's the discs of Norgannon are created for and named after, which is the, basically the, for lack of a better word, the, the developer log.
0: Yeah. The distillation of knowledge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is where they put the notes. Norgannon, who, whose gift is arcane magic. Mm -hmm. What if it's not Amanthul, who is the arbiter, who's the bringer of order?
0: What if it's Norgannon? Yep.
1: And what if it's not order, but domination? Mm Mm-hmm. Because you you order things by dominating them. Order is a form of domination. It's literally one of the words for dominating something is order. I order you to do this. What if that's the order? It's not an order. We're not ordering. I'm ordering you. It's the ordering of Azeroth, it's not the we made it orderly, but the I'm giving you an order.
0: And it would <laughs> it would say st- it would stand a reason that 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 there's something to that, which is why I fell. Which is constantly shown as the essential distillation of disorder doesn't kill a Titan.
1: No, it just makes them that different. What happens What happens when you break out of someone else's worldview? What happens when you break out of someone else's idea of how things should work? Often they swing way over that way.
0: Like, yeah, we talk about we the pendulum it, effect.
1: We're talking about childhood rebellion. Yeah. When you, when you first when you're like, you think about your own teen years, when you are trying to establish who you are. Now, it's not fair to say that any of the Titans are the parents to the other Titans. But when, if Aminthul is the first one to come around, each time he comes to one, he is their first example of what they are. So he is what they're going to model themselves after, but he is also what they're going to rebel against by, ne- by necessity. We call Sargeras the rebel Titan. But they could all be rebel titans. I mean, Aonar is very clearly not in line with what uh, Amethystul said to her, and if that's the case, if Aonar can be in some kind of quiet but open rebellion against Amethystul, where she doesn't go along with everything he says and is aware that he can't really force her, who's to say that the others aren't? You know, especially after what they've been through. Amethystul is very clearly not always right
0: we've we have, we have seen that yeah
1: hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade
0: your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag
1: Yes, multiple times now. And if you look at, again, going back to Norganon, you look at the ones that followed him, there's kind of a weird sort of fra- fratricidal relation between them. Like, Loken killed Mimiron. Mimiron might not even be his real name. He might have been named just Mimir. You know, Mimiron might be what they've called him when they put him in the robot yeah, body. He,
0: he could have been Mimir, yeah. Yeah. Which would and, make sense.
1: And thinking about that, then you have like Thorum, who Loken betrayed and murdered his wife. You know, you've it, it feels like all this time we've thought of Sargeras as the one who is the the enemy to the to the pantheon but when we finally found what Sargeras was doing was he trying to destroy the pantheon? Did he hate the pantheon? Well,
0: no, no he was trying to he was trying to free them and well, and free but bring them to yeah. his side. He wanted his family. Yeah,
1: he wanted them to be him to be with him again. And we know that Loken loves to set love to set up people so that they oppose people that they once loved. He did that with, uh, um, oh bloody heck, Helia. Mm-hmm. He did that with Helia. He he came to Helia and and basically turned her against her father. Now she had good reason for that. You know, it's not like you know he hadn't done plenty to deserve it. But who was Odin's maker? Amenthu, and who was the other person who who uh, who was empowered by Amonthul. Raden and Raden's own children ripped his heart out. Like this is this, you look at these patterns among the Titans and the Titanforged. And I really start to think about in order to save the Titans, Norganon bound their essences together and shot them across space to Azeroth, right? He fired them at Azeroth and they hit the bodies of their, the people they they'd empowered and tried to inhabit them. But of course those bodies were too small and they couldn't last. Uh, we know for a fact that Rodden took the Amunthul essence out of himself
0: yeah, and, and buried, put it somewhere. He well, quite buried it or quote unquote, got rid of it,
1: not got rid of it. We know exactly where he put it. The waters of the, of the, uh, eternal, the the, the veil of eternal blossoms.
0: Yeah. That was that the, water uh, source. The, genesis, the genesis of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. which, is very similar to the water that flows out of the well of eternity, which is imbued with the power of Azeroth, right? Not the same, but very similar. Pattern. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Pattern. I think all of this is bound up in what we're talking about. I think that Norganon is the order one. I think that well, specifically the arcane one that, that the idea of arcane magic is like inherent domination. It is. On the, on the microscale, when a human is using it, or an elf or whatever, they're using it to put their will over reality, mm-hmm. to dominate it. And that's exactly what was done to the Primal Incarnates, and to their, their children, and to the Drakes, is they had the Titans' vision for the future put over them. It's what they were rebelling against, because they didn't want the Titans telling them how they should be. They wanted to discover what they could be on their own. And that's an inherent process of every child dealing with its progenitors. And that might very well be the process every Titan is on. And it may be the process that Azeroth is on. And we go back to why doesn't Amethyst use his time powers? Because it's possible Amethyst is fully aware of all of this. Yeah. That at the moment of his creation, he may have become aware of everything that was going to happen and how he couldn't do anything to stop it. And that's why he put Nusdormu in the position he was, because only way you can responsibly be in charge of, steward of that kind of power is if you know the weight of it and the weight that he, as Amadul, might have to live with. That, yeah, I'm going to do that and it's not going to work. And I'm going to do that in a fit of peak and it's not going to work. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to end up practically almost dead and i'm going to end up trapped and then maybe whatever comes after that that's going to happen to me too and i have to make sure that it does because the first one's created existence with this in mind and the Amuntul might be the first one's equivalent of you know a documentation you know the the um person notes that might be what Amuntul is more so than he's orderly and that's just kind of blowing my head up you know what i mean
0: there is there is a distinct possibility. Regardless, we know that we're going to be finding out more about that in the future uh, as we move through the next series and set of expansions uh, because, well, they've basically told us as such. Uh, yeah, and,
1: and we know that the next one is going to be just the start.
0: So. Yes, the very, very start of it. But I think that's going to do it for today, folks. Blizzard Watch. Thank
1: you. You really do need to stop me.
0: Yes. <laughs> we we'd we keep going for several hours, but I'm sure nobody would complain about. Uh Blizzard Watch is made I possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast. Better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the Q and for your site experience. Again, if you have questions for this or any of our podcasts, be sure to send those into podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Specify the show and any special pronunciation of your name. Uh, you can also hit up uh, on Discord where we have the Q and Podcast Questions channel. Uh, And then if you are a Patreon supporter, as a way of saying thank you, uh, we have the Patreon Q and podcast question channel set aside for you so you can ask your questions there, and we will give you first billing. Friends, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.